everybody out there, it's time for another episode of Star Wars All In, the show that goes into the characters, concept, places, and things from that galaxy far, far away. I'm one of your hosts, Mac, and I'm here with my fellow chess tournament champion, Ross. Mac, it is just so great to be here in a room looking at you again in person, live, in the moment. Two of us in the same room. In it's nice. In the same room. Neither of us uh, are... <laughs> How should I put this? <laughs> Neither of us are happy when we have to do a show on our own. No. There no. are benefits. There are fun things that there... can happen because of it. We've tried our best to generally pick topics where, like... It's not that the other person has nothing to say, but, like, this is a me topic. <laughs> this is a topic that I can expound on that yeah. might be interesting just to hear mm-hmm. my side mm-hmm. of it, right? I definitely learned some lessons being uh, on my first solo show. Okay. And uh, the next one will be better. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, you know what? We already have a good show where we're back to our normal back and forth. Yeah, it's going to Hopefully be sometime, maybe 2021, 2022, we'll have guests again, too. That'll be great. Um, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, but right now we actually have some fun topics. We're opening the can on one of the big ones, one of the yeah. big kahunas. We're going to talk about Han Solo. That's right. But not just any old Han Solo. Han Solo specifically in Return of the Jedi. So sort of the uh, the end of kind of the classic Han Solo that we know by the point where he's basically the Han Solo. Yes. Right. We, the one everyone quotes and remembers. And yes, absolutely. Peak Han Solo. Yeah. So that's where we're going to start. We've got some other smaller topics because we expect we're going to talk for probably an hour or more about Han yeah, Solo. I think that sounds about right. Then we'll go and we'll play some games on the Falcon. Yeah. We'll play some Dejeric. Hollow chess, right? Yeah, whatever you want to call it, right? They all work. In my notes, there's a surprisingly lot to say about it. So we'll see how long that we'll goes. We'll see what we can do. Yeah. And then we're going to wrap things up on a upward moving note an upworthy note because we're going to talk about moving up with the ascension gun moving on up with the ascension gun i don't want any copyright violation <laughs> john, right. Will- john williams is, is already so probably good. gonna be mad yeah. if i ever would have posted these on youtube so yeah, that's uh, true. so i tell you what let's just get into it <laughs> i think so i think i'm ready i, I have a few things to say about Han Solo. all right we're gonna start right after this journey like all the big topics we've started to cover some are just too big to be one thing like if we talked about just han solo we'd be here for days many many episodes yes han solo would be a many episode topic i would say at least i don't know a part per movie right at best case scenario uh, that's what we're gonna try here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we were we were talking about like how we're gonna break some of these down. We we've touched on 
we did like Leia in like the basically in a new hope sort of talked about her that way. And so it seemed like eh, kind of the movie is seems like a decent way to break it down. So I'm going to try out Han Solo here and we're going to talk about the events of episode six return of the Jedi. The most Han Solo of all the Han Solo movies, if I I, had to say, because by this point they had really figured out the characters. They had really kind of mastered what dialogue each character was going to have And by that, I mean they mastered kind of what the role of each character was. Now, I'm not trying to say that in A New Hope or Empire, they didn't know Han Solo was like the lovable smuggler. Like, I'm not saying they didn't know that archetype already. But what I'm saying is by this point, Han is full Han, thrusters on full Han Solo in every moment he's on screen. (laughs) And I'm going to prove it because I wrote down every line of dialogue he has. Every single... Okay. Okay. Mostly. Um, Okay. That's... Okay. <laughs> I, I My notes aren't that thorough. Don't worry. Um, I don't think I'll actually get to talk about all of them. <laughs> but my point being, right, by the time we get to Return of the Jedi, Leia is a self-realized action hero leader, right? Mm-hmm. Han is this, like, do-good, smart-talking, get-things-done general. Yes. And Luke is a full-blown Jedi. By the time we get here... Our characters are at the end of their arcs, essentially. Right. Uh, well, you know, you know what I mean. The beginning. Of yeah, the yeah, end. yeah. No. Um, like, and so like for, they're each their own person in a very strong way that I don't think you see in any of the other films. Well, even we talked about this when we reviewed um, Rise of Skywalker. One of the nice things about Rise of Skywalker is seeing the principal characters just bouncing off each other. We don't have to spend time getting to know them. We know them, and it's mm-hmm. just watching them be the best versions of themselves. Absolutely. What Return of the Jedi's kind of reward is, Mm -hmm. is to see the same thing with these characters. Because like you said, like Han's journey at this point is he started out as the self-serving smuggler. By the second movie, he's a general. He's become responsible, but he's scared of... He's not a general in the second one, right? He's a captain? Uh, Oh. He has a... I don't know. I think he might be a general already. Oh no, we didn't take notes. That's Empire. That's for a different show. Yeah, I was the only I is, only watched Jedi. He's, he, he's a general. And... He's a leader of the yes. rebellion. Yes. Um and you know, and and basically is tempted to go back to his old life after an encounter with a bounty hunter. And through this journey, he and yeah. Leia finally find the affection that they have for each other. And right when Han seems like he's fully understood his place in the galaxy, he's shoved in the freezer, and that is where he starts his journey in yeah. this movie is being yeah. essentially benched for the three to five, however nebulous amount of weeks there are between, you know, um, Empire and Return of Jedi. It's I like think. a year, right? It's like almost I, a year. It's meant to be like nine or ten months. We'll wait for the comics so, to tell us. I was going to say, the Marvel the comics more important problem is why I say it's us. nebulous is because I don't know in canon. I had mm-hmm. a much better sense of how long it was because mm-hmm. of Shadows of the Empire and that yeah. kind of stuff. Well, but, in current canon, we don't actually know, I think, right. is the right answer. I mean, there is, you know, a general idea. Like, if you look in any of the current Del Rey books, you know, they, they put it at like a year. But there's really not a ton of material as books like Aftermath and Alphabet Squadron continue to come out. And, yeah. you know, we're getting a Mandalorian book soon now. So, like, hopefully we'll have a more concrete timeline once Marvel finishes their comics. Sure. Because we can presume that in about two years or so, mm-hmm. they'll end the run they currently have just started this year, which takes place between Empire and Jedi. And that should give us a better idea. I think. But I mean, to, in my mind, and once again, I didn't look this up, so this is just off the top of my head. It's about a year between the two. 
Um, so yeah, let's just say yeah. It's so give or take, it's been more than a day and less than a decade. <laughs> less we than... can say that for a fact. I think. yes, I think we can zero in on that. Yeah. <laughs> so Luke basically hatches a plan with Lando and Leia to get mm-hmm. Han out of Jabba's palace. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm, been mm-hmm. at least in operations for some time because Lando's already embedded himself as a palace guard, and Luke sort of starts this all off by sending the droids in to um, start a negotiation. So Luke's basically like, well, you know, maybe he'll take a bribe. Maybe he will just work with us. Mm-hmm. He won't, but maybe he could. <laughs> um, and that's when we first see what has happened to Han in between. Han has become a decorative piece of art, a centerpiece piece of art yes. in Jabba's palace. So this is only 10 minutes into the movie, right? And mm-hmm. just remember that if you're seeing this for the first time, 1980, right? Empire ends. Han has been taken. Luke lost a hand. Lando and Chewie are off to find him in the Falcon wearing Han's clothes. Like, it's just pandemonium. No one knows what's going on. And then here we are, and he's just hanging on the wall in this uh, slug's house. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, right? Because remember, 1983, none of us have seen Jabba before. Correct. Right? So if you're growing up with the original movies, he's not in episode four like he is in the special editions, uh, in case you're, you know. Yeah, we know, there's the, we know there's Jabba the, pa- Jabba the Hutt is a gangster. But even if you see the special edition, you don't realize he doesn't have a hideout. He has a palace. Like, this yeah. is a royal banquet hall kind of space. Yes. Um, and so, like I said, to the one side wall, he's just... Hanging out, fingers <laughs> curled and face going, ugh. Yeah, he does not look happy. Um, and from what I remember here, and this is something also I didn't look up, but talking about in the moment, doesn't his shirt change between five and six? Like, so, isn't there like a thing with yeah, his collar or a, something? It's a famous continuity error. Um, in in Empire, when he gets frozen, he is wearing um, a kind of traditional single button with a, um, uh, I can't remember what they're called, palette or something like that the the mm-hmm. the the piece that goes uh, and hems the two pieces of the shirt together covers it so that's it, it's actually a shirt he shouldn't be wearing based on the vest and the fact you never see a seam on the front of his shirt but hey you know that's what we did <laughs> um and then it's a more appropriate styled shirt in return of the jedi which is like a double breasted so it has a big overlap yeah. that would be you know wide enough that you wouldn't see it when he's wearing a vest the point of the matter is he changes shirts between them because of continuity error and we only know that thanks yeah. to VHS. It's, it's Ryan of... Johnson's fault, right? It's J.J. <laughs> Abrams' fault that this mistake was made. This never would have happened under George. The important thing about it is I'm sure George had it on his list of special, specialer editions where, well, we, we changed the eyes of Darth Vader to make them look like Hayden Christensen. So soon I'm going to get uh, I'm going to get digital tailors in there. They're going to make the shirt the way it's supposed to be. The way it was always meant to be if I had the budget. <laughs> oh, my God. It's like he's here in the room. Um, so about 18 minutes into the film, <laughs> Leia, or as we know her at this point, Bosch, yes. goes to free Han. And so it's the middle of the night. She assumes the giant slug is asleep and all the cronies. She creeps in. She uh, heats up the block of carbonite. Is yep. kind of what the uh, visual gives us. And Han falls out to the floor. And uh, he is kind of held there by Leia in her disguise. 
And, you know, Han's first words are, you know, he comes out, he's startled. Uh, and Leia kind of goes, you have hibernation sickness. You know, he goes, hibernation sickness. Yeah, that, that great modulated voice coming from her helmet, well, too. It's important because, I mean, the first time you watch this, not that you and I can really remember our first time watching this, especially me. <laughs> um, but, like, you don't know who this character is. Yeah. Like, um, you know, when she pulls off her helmet and says, you know, oh, is someone who loves you is here. It's like. Oh, it's Leia. Yeah, and we we had no idea, right? We just thought this was a cool character, kind of a cool new character. And I love Han coming out of it. He's like, I can't see. Where am I? Who are you? (laughs) Like, all very good questions Questions. to be asking in the moment. Like, he's not happy. He's free. He's just trying to get his bearings. And I, I think that's just... It starts off perfectly, and it's going to well, continue. Because for rest. him, it has been he was on Bespin, and now he's not, and he can already tell he's on some place that's way hotter. <laughs> ho, 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 ho. So then we pull I know back- that laugh. <laughs> so we pull back the curtain, and apparently everyone just like shushing each other and going like, "It's a surprise party! Come on, everyone, be quiet!" <laughs> like they all were waiting for this to happen, which mm-hmm. I think is showing that Jabba is a very competent villain. He he knew something was up of like, wait a minute. So the droids come here and they want Captain Solo. And then this other bounty comes with Chewbacca and he wants to get. That's, nah. I don't believe in coincidences. Nah. Yeah. What I love here is as the curtain gets pulled back and R2 and, uh, you know, 3PO are there. And I think, doesn't Bib Fortuna like have 3PO's mouth covered or something? I think so. It's like yeah. some, it's just so great. Uh, and just that Jabba laugh, and Han goes, I know that laugh. And the terror in his face as he, like, turns around towards the sounds without uh, yeah, being able to see. Yeah, and you can see Harrison Ford mm-hmm. just doing the great thing of acting of the fact of, like, he's vaguely this way. Yeah. <laughs> as, like, And I love how he, like, takes the lead. Like, he pushes Leia aside, like, I'm going to protect her in this moment. Yes. Even though he can't see. <laughs> he he's can't totally see. weak. And he's just, like, he's trying so hard to bargain with Jabba. Like, and, and I love this line from Jabba. Like, you've been a good smuggler. Like, just showing that history that now we have not seen. Like, we yeah. know the beginning of Han's story up into the point where he goes to work for Jabba in canon now, thanks to Solo. Yeah. And so, like, I, you know, we hear all these lines talked about from episode four about how those were all, like, what Solo then became based on. But I love this of, like, yeah, it just wasn't one job. Like, Han and Chewie worked for Jabba on and off for years. And they had somewhat of a working relationship at some point. Well, and it, I love the it. line from New Hope is just the, like... I'm good, but, like, even I get boarded sometimes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it wasn't, like, a one-job type of thing. It wasn't one wrong job. Right. Uh, at least that's what I, how I read into it. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Uh, and then after this, Han ends up back in jail. He's not frozen again this time. Well, he, you have all the lines. He has a line where he tries to smooth talk this, doesn't he? Well, he's definitely like, you know, Jabba, Jabba. I'm sorry I got sidetracked. I was on my way to see you. I don't have your money here, but I have it. Like, <laughs> and of course, Java is just like, no, no, no. Too late for that, Solo. Too late for that. You just ruined my favorite piece of art by becoming not it. <laughs> yeah, Get so- back in the block and maybe we'll call it even. <laughs> and then this is great because, yeah, he gets thrown in jail. And then there's like, there's a monster in the corner. And he's like, oh, no. And then it's like. Oh, it's Chewie! And mm-hmm. Chewie comes up and hugs him and just grabs uh-huh. him by the head. Uh-huh. And, and and it's great because now, like now with hindsight, it's great because it's the same scene from Solo. It they is. got recreated, you know, essentially. Um, 
in a different way, of course, but it's awesome. I, I mean, I love it. it. It's even better now. That's what these anthology films should do is make some of these other Deep moments in. even sweeter. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Uh, you love to see it. And of course, Chewie comes over and hugging him and, you know, he's like, oh, this is great. And, and, and uh, Chewie's speaking in Shuri Wook and he goes and Han goes, you know, Luke, Luke's crazy. He can't take care of himself. <laughs> a Jedi Knight. I'm out for a little while, and everybody gets delusions of grandeur. The exhaustion that Harrison Ford puts <laughs> to that line is so good because it it just sells so much the disorientation of like, how long have I been out? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like Jedi Knight. When I saw him, he was a scrawny farm boy who left the fleet to go to some swamp planet yeah. that ended up coming on Cloud City. That probably didn't end well. <laughs> and I love how Chewie is just cuddling Han here. He's just like well, cradling him. Well, he's so happy to see his best friend. I know. It's great. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of good Han and Chewie stuff in this whole movie. So Who knew? So, yeah. So you have the thing where Han is still, you know, dealing with hibernation sickness. He's, he's weak. He seems sweaty all the time. And <laughs> he just, he cannot see. Yeah, and so like the next time we really see him is he's kind of drug up on the uh, into the palace. Yeah, as... so it's like him and Luke are brought from opposite ends. <laughs> yeah, Luke has just killed a rancor in his spare time, and Han's like, like, oh hey, it's it, what what's going on? Oh, we're together again. That's great. You will be executed. Ah, oh, nuts. <laughs> yeah, how we doing? Same as always. <laughs> oh, that bad, huh? <laughs> Just like the, like I said, the perfect Han Solo dialogue because it's simple, short, and to the point, right. while still having a great sense of humor and irony, and yeah. that is Han Solo. I mean, I don't that, know what else you can yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, he he's a guy who's always trying to show that he's more confident than he is. Yeah, um, and he just he's unflappable, even though he's constantly <laughs> seems terrified. <laughs> Well, he's always in a bad way, right? And I love when they're talking about the execution. He's like, good, I hate long waits. <laughs> when they're talking about, like, immediately executing them, like they're leaving right now. Yeah, we're going to leave to go to the great pit of Carcoon where you'll be fed to, to the Sarlacc. He's like, that doesn't sound so bad. Where you'll be digested over a thousand years or oh, whatever. second thought. Let's pass on that. <laughs> yes. People in Star Wars don't speak that way. Ryan Johnson ruins everything. <sighs> I'm just kidding. Let's I, move on. But you know what? Again, when you talk about Han Solo, like the one line I think from Force Awakens really did sell him so well. Of like, I'm going to do the same thing I always do. I'm going to talk my way out of it. Yes, I do. Every, every time. time. <laughs> and it's like, no, you don't. I've seen the every times. You constantly screw this up. <laughs> so the giant sail barge swims over the dunes, ends up there, and we see this smaller little skiff going along. And we're only 30 minutes in by this point. Yes. I just want to point that out. Because we're still on that mini-adventure, the, 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 you know, um, escape from Jabba's palace. Like, and uh, we're on the skiff, and this is where we see, okay, like, Han's feeling better. Like, hey, I can start to see stuff. It's really bright out. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you're not missing much. <laughs> <laughs> he's like i think my eyes are getting better instead of a big dark blur i see a big light blur <laughs> and then i love lucas you're not missing much i was bored here you know no it just turns to him and goes you're gonna die here you know <laughs> pretty convenient i love he's just so yeah. like han always thinks they're gonna escape but he's constantly a pessimist while it's yes. happening and it's one of those things because he's funny 
yeah. you don't notice it as much, but when you read the words out loud, well, it's really, really funny. There's a great tradition of characters. I just I got through um, playing through some stuff of Spider Man, and like Spider Man has the he's super funny. Why? Because that's his fear response. He has to make a joke yeah. and make light of everything, otherwise he scares himself. And I feel like Han has that same sort of thing because like Han right now is hapless. Like, he's blind, he's weak, again, he's sweating all the time, he's in the hands of the one guy he's been spending the last, you know, X amount of years trying to avoid, Mm -hmm. and he's, like, basically dead to rights, and the only person here to help him is his friend, who is also imprisoned, you know, Chewie and Luke both are here, but they're locked up and as screwed as he is, and Luke's going like, don't worry, I have a plan, I'm a Jedi Master. (laughs) Sure, Luke, sure you are. Yeah, okay, fine. <laughs> like, he's just, he's so out of his depth. He's like, well, if I'm going to die, I'm going to die fast. I think that's an honest line of like, look, I don't know what's going on. Just get this over with. I can't see. Come on. This is impossible. How did that blind monk do it? I don't get it. I, you The know, force is not with me, and I am not one with the force. <laughs> uh, you know, there's another good line here that comes up, but I just want to take a minute and say, I love that they're like out in this desert heat and they're just like Luke's in all black. Like how hot is that got to be? Well, you know what? The synthetic textures and textiles that they use in the future. Okay. So I remember from the role playing games, they had, why did people wear like cloaks in Tatooine? And they said, because they're all temperature cloaks. They literally like regulate heat. Yeah. And I'm like, that's pretty cool. And to a certain extent, right? Like when you see pictures of people walking through deserts, they're covered because if not, because the UV radiation from burned. the sun's worse yeah. than, yeah, but yeah, they're always sure. these super light garments. But totally. In, the idea is in Star Wars, mm-hmm. we can have the properties of like air thin linen mm-hmm. in wool. Like we yes. can just do that. We're magicians like that. Yes, totally, totally, totally. I mean, they, once you get past zippers and buttons, you can do anything. Once you don't need fasteners, think of all the technologies <laughs> you've had to overcome to get there. Now, there's another good line of dialogue here where, uh, you know, Jabba and, and Bib together are kind of like, and 3PO's translating, by the way, which I yes. love. Um, okay, if anyone wants to beg for their lives, now's your chance. I mean, he hopes you'll go honorably, but hey, if you want to beg, go for it. And he I love how everybody just kind of like starts snickering a little bit, like... Oh, this last moment. And yeah, because Hong... we should mention, it's a party bus. Like, R2-D2 has <laughs> been changed into, like, a drink-dispensing robot. Like, the, the, everyone's like, yeah, we're going to see someone die. This is going to be the best day ever. And, of course, Han goes, 3PO, you tell that slimy piece of worm-ridden filth. He'll get no such pleasure from us. Right? <laughs> right? As he looks around, like, Luke, and he's like, right? I didn't right? Mean like, to, we're not going to beg, to speak for right? you guys, but... <laughs> Uh, I knew the second he caught me, I was dead. So I'm I'm good. Yeah. Uh, and then of course, you know, the whole action beat happens where Luke gets his lightsaber thrown to him. He does his little, uh, you know, hand toss or hand pull up on the uh, pull well, up on the board. He, and yeah, he falls off the plank, but then he grabs it with his finger and leaps himself up, grabs his lightsaber, yeah. starts massacring people around him. And of course, Han is just like, can't see. So he's just kind of like spinning around, falling to the ground. And then Boba Fett comes out because stuff's getting real now. And, and Boba so Fett's like, no, 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 no. I got paid for this job and I'm going to see it through. <laughs> <laughs> How much does it suck that like Han has had the money to pay Jabba multiple times and just can't get it to him? <laughs> Well, he keeps getting caught up with feelings and emotions and morals. Uh, that stuff will never work out. Didn't Wasn't there someone in Han's past who told him not to be bogged down by that stuff? Uh, hmm, mm, 
mentor or something. something Whatever like happened to that guy? Know. Well, hey, you know what? He also said, once you choose your life, you're with it for life. So, <laughs> so, so Boba but- Fett comes out, and um, we have a very interesting moment in Star Wars canon here. Uh, Mac, you want to go ahead and describe it so, for us? The important thing is, is this is basically where like George Lucas goes, well, that Boba Fett guy was pretty popular. I sold a lot of action figures. Let's show him, show him doing cool stuff. So he does the jetpack from the sail barge because he's on the sail barge. He gets mm-hmm. onto the skiff through mm-hmm. jetpack, raises up his sawed-off blaster, which gets sawed off more as Luke cuts it in half. <laughs> uh, you know, which is kind of cool because we haven't seen we haven't seen that kind of for lack of a better word, a prop being destroyed that way by a mm-hmm. lightsaber. The mm-hmm. idea that, yeah, lightsabers can cut everything in half. Um, yeah, this was new. And Boba Fett, like, kind of looks at his gun and is like, that sucks, and starts using one of his other weapons. He tries to use his whip cord yeah. and tries to ra- wrap it. That doesn't work. All the time, like, you've got, like, Chewie going, and then Han's like, like, Boba Fett? Boba Fett where? Because he can't see anything, <laughs> which also establishes Boba Fett's name in canon. Yeah. Um. And then uh, Han turns around, bumps him with a stick, and Boba Fett dies. Bashes, bashes him in the side of the head. No, the jetpack, right? He hits the. He turns around. He hits the jetpack. Oh right, right the right, jetpack right. like malfunctions, sends which Boba Fett into the side smacks. of the uh, katana, falls down into the. Side. Yeah, he. Well, that's where I'm thinking of the head thing. He's like smashes yeah. against the wall, like gets a concussion, falls backwards, and just lazily rolls into the Sarlacc. Yeah. And in the special edition, the Sarlacc burps when he eats Boba Fett because <laughs> Baskar is apparently pretty indigestible. I mean, I get it, right? It makes sense. It makes sense. Uh, that beak reaches up and just swallows him whole. And, like, during this, I, ah, there's the other misconnection, Lando gets bumped off the... Off, and he's basically in this the sand dune around the Sarlacc, this like ramp that leads down into it. Basically trying to claw but can't. Gets his foot wrapped up with a tentacle and is being slowly pulled into the Sarlacc. Meanwhile, Han's like hanging off over the sail barge, and he's got the blaster. He's like, "Yeah, I'll shoot it." It's like you're blind. It's like, <laughs> ah, I can get it. It's all right. I can see a lot better. I can see a lot better. <laughs> and Lando's just like a little higher, a little higher. And I love how after this, he's just commanding Chewie, like, up, up, Chewie, up. <laughs> just like shouting up at him like he's a dog, like perform this trick. <laughs> and then Han does, by happenstance, shoot the tentacle, which caused them to be able to pull yeah, Lando up yeah, and save yeah. him. And that's all good. But just good Gandhi. <laughs> just it's such a madcap uh... nonsense thing. It is. And by this time, Luke has ended up over on the sail barge. He's fighting stuff off. Princess Leia's killed Jabba. They both get to the top deck. They swing over to the scare, and they fly that thing away as the entire sail barge blows up, killing everyone aboard. (laughs) Yep. Uh, Jabba's having a rough day. Uh, Luckily, he left some valuable people like Evie uh, back at the palace. Um, But uh, all in all, a great Han adventure. I mean, oh, the yeah. whole thing is about rescuing Han to begin with. He's what kicks off this whole story here. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, it's fantastic because it's the only Star Wars movie that really gives us this sort of little standalone adventure uh, in a complete, like, beginning, middle, and end type of way. It's, it's the great. most, um, you know, it's based on Flash Gordon serials and stuff, and you can kind of feel where there could be episode breaks, but mm-hmm. this one is exactly a serial. It's a beginning, middle, and end yeah. encapsulation, and we... We don't have many other ones of those. Even like things like Hoth and stuff, 
you could kind of look at it that way, but it has so many bridges into the next part of the movie. It it doesn't stand alone the way this does. No, yeah, not at all. Not at, because I mean, to be fair, here you know you have a clear enemy, a clear objective, and that's a big part of it too. Right. Uh, whereas on Hoth, things are still a little bit more ambiguous for our characters, for sure. Right. So then we jump about ten minutes into the movie mm-hmm. after Han and Luke have split, and they're in the Rebel briefing room. Mm-hmm. The fleet is gathered. And Mon Mothma is telling them about the attack, telling them about the Bothans. And um, who comes over to Han and goes, well, look at you, a general. I think it's Lando, right? No, is it? uh, No, no, no. You're thinking about it in reverse. Lando comes in and Han's like, look at you, a general. You must have heard about that little maneuver at the Battle of Tanab. That's right. That's right. Sorry. My notes aren't as detailed as they needed to be, clearly. Oh, it's okay. So so Uh, the good news here is Han is back. He found his vest. Uh, Lando must have given those clothes back to him after borrowing them at the end of Empire. Mm -hmm. And uh, Han can, we assume, get back to full clarity of his eyesight. We think he can see perfectly fine from here on out. Well, I love when uh, Lando's like... Uh, you know, I can't believe they didn't ask you to do it. Han goes, well, who says they didn't? But I ain't crazy. And just like in the moment, I just would have been left and be like, well, I still can't see. So, you know, hard to fly. Hard to fly. <laughs> yeah, no, it's okay. Yeah, because Lando's been basically set up to, you know, we're getting the 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 Battle of Endor plan here from the rebellion mm-hmm. yeah, side. Because and- the briefing happens right after this. And at and the end of the briefing, Mon Mothma's like, do you have your strike team ready, yeah, General Solo? Because Lando's in charge of, like, the Space Forces, like, yeah. the fighter contingency. And, yeah, Han's like, yeah, that's really stupid. And then, like, we're going to have a strike team go after this small shield generator, which is heavily fortified on the end of our moon. And Leia, like, leans over and she's like, I wonder who they got to do that. <laughs> General Solo, is your strike team ready? Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, my strike team's ready, but I haven't figured out the commands, you know, the command group for the shuttle yeah and leia's like really <laughs> and i love how he goes like chewy just roars he's like well it's gonna be tough pal i didn't want to speak, speak for, for you, you. <laughs> <laughs> just like like he's not gonna go i love it i love it and leia's like well i'm gonna go with you too and then of course uh luke shows up real late to this meeting <laughs> yeah he just assumes he knows he's like i thought we were just going to sonic hey i heard chewy's Luke, I'm sorry, Chewie, Han, and Leia are going on a mission. I'm part of it. What is it? <laughs> you know, like... Yeah. It's a good thing characters like Luke never make mistakes and don't go on missions where they actually end up endangering their whole friends. Man, perfect writing, huh? Man, 2020 makes Man. us salty, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. Being back, I wasn't expecting this, but it's funny because... That's not, the point isn't to say these are bad movies. No. The point is to say your criticisms are bad. Well... The point is to remind you that these movies yeah. are flawed but wonderful. They're, they're they don't have to they be have, perfect. They have character. Well, that's how I think we get a real problem. I think it's sitting at home doing nothing of really wanting to trade out good for perfect in a lot of different facets. Yeah. Um, so we get them all together, and you know the the next thing we see with Han is basically him saying like Lando, like you you can take the Falcon. Are, are you sure? Yeah, yeah, you can. She's the fastest ship in the fleet. You're going to need all the help you can get, just, even with my ship, which was technically yours once, but it's totally mine. Just not a scratch, okay? Just not a scratch. <laughs> I promise I won't do that. You promise now, right? <laughs> like, there's such a... He, like, like, turns back around. Yeah. Because he's like, I want to give you the ship because I want you to fight. But also, don't <laughs> ding the fender. Like, <laughs> it's my baby. <laughs> I just got her back. Um... And then we sort of cut to uh, 
Endor. So we're flying the shuttle Tidarium through the Imperial fleet, ready to land it. And, uh, you know, Han, Han and Chewie are trying their best to um, fly this in a way that, you know, they hope the transponder code works. And it's the, it's in some ways, the tensest moment of the mission, because it hasn't even really started yet. It's like, can they get through the blockade? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I love while they're flying in here, Han has more bits of great dialogue, right? Like, keep your distance, Chewie, but don't look like you're trying to keep your distance. And he just roars at him like, what the hell is that supposed to mean, man? And he goes, I don't know, just fly casual. (laughs) Fly casual. (laughs) Yeah, just the whole, like, it's like the the old phrase you hear from, like, car heads of, like, you gotta treat it like a woman, gentle but firm. What does that mean? (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, it's so it's, it's, it's just funny. And then Luke's getting freaked out because he's like, I shouldn't have come here. My dad can sense my presence because I can sense his. And it's like one of those things when you catch eyes with each other, you know, you saw each other. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing you can do to pretend you didn't. And there's, uh, you know, I think it's, is it Piet? I think it might be Piet. Like, well, I was going to clear them, sir. Eh, let him through. It's fine. <laughs> and I love Han at this point, too. He's like, while this is discussion is happening between with Vader, he's like, come on, how about a little optimism here? Like... The most negative guy in the whole franchise, generally just being like, "Hey, how about a little bit of optimism?" I love that. It's it's we 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 got this right. <laughs> and then after they're cleared, hey, I told you it's gonna work, no problem. <laughs> like back to just hundred percent confidence. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. So at this point, Han is a military leader. He is leading a ground strike. So they're starting mm-hmm. to tromp through the redwood forest of Endor, and they've got all their like you know um, camo gear now. Um, and they're moving up and they see that there is a biker scout patrol <laughs> and they're like, Oh, we gotta, gotta figure a way around this. <laughs> and so, you know, like Luke and Leia are like, Oh, what do you want to do? And then Han's just starting to walk around cause he's like, got a plan of like, I know how to take care of these guys. They're chumps. <laughs> and it doesn't work cause it's Han. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Han. Han tries. He tries so hard. He does. But he makes it like three steps and steps on a twig. Looks down, looks at him. The biker scout's like, you. And Han's like, ah. Smiles, kind of gives a shrug of like, like, how's it going? I'm selling these fine leather jackets. How can I? <laughs> and the biker scouts start breaking out. And then it's it's a very like the same energy as the terrible conversation anyway. Because yeah. he just fully goes into trying to like fight this one. I think he ends up like tackling him doesn't well they he? yeah they like have like this sort of like slow moving like pushing fight yeah and then remember other biker scouts run off and leia jumps on a speeder bike luke jumps on the back of it and han is left with one guy essentially and he like flips him over his shoulder judo, and judo knocks him out yeah. yeah it's great and then we don't see han again until after leia has crashed and gone missing yeah. and han chewie the droids and luke reunite yeah, because Luke comes back through the forest and finds Han, and Han's like, mm-hmm. well, where's Leia? He's like, well, I thought you would have beat me back here. Yeah, and it's not good, so they go off looking for her, and they see a piece of meat, a, you know, a dead animal, uh, kind of on like a giant stick. There's really no better way to describe it. It's like a, yeah, it's it looks like, like a, like a Y-shaped thing. It's kind of it's, like it's propped a, in the it's middle. It's like a spit roast kind of Yeah, for thing. sure. Uh, and of course, you know, Chewie's loud, and he goes, great, Chewie, always think it with your stomach. <laughs> And they're up in the net, of course. You know, we've all seen this scene, right? They fall to the ground after Luke and Han are kind of like arguing. Can you reach my lightsaber? No. R2 has to come in and save the day. They fall to the ground. And I love this because as they fall to the ground, 
they, you know, start to kind of stir and get mm-hmm. back up. And all these Ewoks just come out from nowhere. And Han's face, <laughs> when they're surrounded by the Ewoks, is like a true classic. He's just like, what the hell <laughs> now? Like, come Te- on. <laughs> just teddy bears with sticks? What the? Can we not do better? Like, like, can we not just have a minute of peace? Yeah, there is a certain part of Han going, going like, why has this all happened to me? <laughs> what did I do? <laughs> so they're dragged back, and we find that Leia has been welcomed into the community, and that uh, our heroes are about to be welcomed into the community too, because they'll be eaten, um, in in a feast to their new god C three PO. Because I mean, he's made of gold. I mean, he's got so much bling, he must be a god. And I love how like they want him to impersonate him, and three PO goes, "It wouldn't be proper." And Han just looks at me and goes, "Proper? <laughs> They're going to eat us, Goldenrod." <laughs> <laughs> and he like grabs at 3PO, but the Ewoks like step in and push him off because, you know, 3PO's their god. And he goes, my mistake. He He's an old friend of mine. <laughs> it's so good. He's like, they can't even understand him. And he's just trying to talk. And like, there's so many, and so, C3, so many great Han moments. Because C-3PO figures it out, gets them, you are part of the tribe now. And they cut them off the, like being hung from these poles and like, <laughs> and hold on while solo. he's hanging on oh, the poles okay. that's where we get the i've got a really bad feeling about ah. this and earlier back in the hangar we just got that i've got a funny feeling i'm never gonna see her again so a variation of that line kind of that we hadn't Force heard sensitivity maybe. <laughs> i mean you never know um you never know if the force would have awakened in han's day he might have been <laughs> um <laughs> this, that's good so so they get him and, and one of my favorite bits here is just like like C3PO is like okay and then Han's like yeah see if you can get uh see if you can get us some uh our, our equipment back. Oh and then C3PO is like well good it's like and see if you can get he's just like throws in like four different things he wants C3PO to do. Do you have it written down? <laughs> I I do um hold on one second. All right. So I do have it written down. So he goes yeah. so uh he how far is it? We need some fresh supplies. And try and get our weapons back. Hurry up, will you? We haven't got all day. It's so good. Right? Like, every time 3PO turns around to, to talk, talk, Han taps him on the shoulder again, tells him something else to ask for, and then blames him when he's taking too, too long. long. It's a classic role reversal of 3PO acting like Han and Han acting like 3PO. Yeah. It's perfect. It's perfect, perfect, perfect. And so I also good. want to point out here, there's a great moment we didn't touch on. Um, when Han is hanging there, you know, tied up on the fire... He uh, is trying to tell them, like, hey, you know, 3PO, tell him. Tell him we're friends. And uh, he goes, after 3PO tries to explain, somehow I got the feeling that didn't help us very much. And then he's trying to blow out the flame as the Ewoks get closer. <laughs> it's so, it's, it's, yeah. it's bordering on cartoonish, but great. Absolutely. And speaking of cartoonish, like a minute later when they're all proven to be friends, Wicked is just like hugging his leg and won't let go. <laughs> and he's trying to like kind of subtly push him off. And I just love that moment too. It's good. Oh, man. Um, now, the next scene with Han is a very important one because it sets up what is going to be sort of the end of the movie for him and also kind of the rest of his life to a certain extent you yeah, know the yeah, stuff yeah. we're gonna see later and that's his moment with leia so you know the night has come luke and leia have just finished their conversation about hey i need to go do this you're my sister and han comes right at the end right as luke is leaving 
and is mad that Leia doesn't want to divulge whatever the information is Luke just told her to him. Yeah. Right? He wants to be part of kind of this inner circle. He feels like he's the odd man out because not only is he in love with Leia, but he thinks there's this other person who's kind of competing for her affection and time. Yeah, ever since Hoth, he's 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 kind of Luke's still one of his best friends, but it's still like a like I I want the girl. Yeah. You. Yeah. In the very kind of like classic aggressive man way of like handling something like comes in. What's going on? You know, nothing. Come on. Tell me what's going on. You could tell Luke. That's who you could tell. And then he just goes, I'm sorry. <laughs> when he realizes he was like wrong, you know, because he's like trying to explain. But <laughs> oh, how, you could how? tell Luke. Oh, you look sad. I I made a whoopsies. Um <laughs> Like I said, the classic, the classic man move, right? Yeah. Um, and and what I love about this here is that like Leia wants to explain to him, she wants to confide in him, she wants him there, but like, how do you tell someone that when you just found out about it thirty seconds ago? Like you're well, you're still processing, processing that, herself, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, it's an interesting moment for sure, especially because. At this point, we're still like a little over an hour into this movie. Like yeah. this is still relatively early on because uh, this movie has a very odd choice of pacing. It's not kind of a traditional three act structure. Um, yeah, you know. not exactly. No. Yeah. So it's an interesting one. Um, at this point, we are now about to start kind of the finale. So we're about to do our attack on the shield bunker. Mm-hmm. Now. What I love here is that, you know, you got your Han, Luke, and Le- or sorry, your Han, your Chewie, and your Leia, because Luke isn't here, and you got the droids, and you've got the whole strike team, so you got this whole big group of people, but they're looking over this scene of Endor, you know, kind of this beautiful uh, forest view, and they can see the shield generator entrance, and they can see the landing pad, and, uh, you know, they're kind of talking about it, and he goes, hey, don't worry, Chewie and me got into a lot of places more heavily guarded than this, it's only a few guards, Shouldn't be too much trouble. It's kind of like his famous last words here. Like, (laughs) should be fine. We got this. It's like four guards. And just as they're about to develop a plan, uh, the little Ewok goes walking in, steals a speeder bike, and lures away three of the other scout troopers, leaving only the one behind. Which works. Which works, right? He's, like, impressed that the teddy bears had a good plan. Not bad for a little furball. Yeah, there's that little, huh. Kind of like moment of like, that worked, huh? Okay. <laughs> and then next, because of this, we have one of the best Han moments the in anything. The best Han moment maybe ever. Maybe it's ever. So good. So Han comes up with, we assume it's Han, comes up with this plan <laughs> where he sends the shield team to the other side of the strike, or, or strike the team to the other side of the shield generator. Flip my words there. And he runs behind, does the reverse tap on the shoulder of the <laughs> tap, scout trooper, runs behind on him. the right-hand shoulder of the scout trooper while running past him. So this <laughs> trooper looks to the right, then looks to the left, and then chases after Han, comes around the shield generator. There's a whole bunch of folks with guns pointed at him, and Han's like, hey, gotcha. <laughs> He's just got this wonderful, like, hands-up shrug maneuver of yeah. just like, like a, well, some days you win, sometimes you lose. <laughs> It's so stupid. No one should approve of this plan. No one should. But that's classic Han, right? And then when he gets into the bunker for the first time, right before they realize what's about to happen, he like throws one of those bomb packs at an Imperial and they fall over the railing inside of the into the power generator. And I just thought that was amazing. There's a certain amount of like 
over it. It seems like the strike team, and especially Han, are like, okay, we can finally blow this thing up. The teddy bears were this horrible distraction, and now we can get bound at brass tacks. And like you said, yeah, they're just like quickly like a machine, just putting all the charges everywhere. He said he like basically like check passes the one <laughs> trooper off the edge. Yeah, uh, and they think they have it, and they think they've succeeded, and then all of a sudden they're surrounded. And, you know, this is when we're hearing from the Emperor of, like, my best troops are down there. I've sent it's a whole battalion. A f- and, and we're like, oh. And, Han, like, Han has the, how did we lose? We were winning. <laughs> <laughs> and so they're all taken, yeah. taken marched back out. And uh, I'm assuming that bike troopers going like the, <laughs> joke's on you. <laughs> yes, I'm back in power now. <laughs> yeah, we'll see who's going to tap who on the shoulder now. <laughs> And I love that the droids and the Ewoks are the ones to save the day here, right? Yes. 3PO and R2 create the distraction. 3PO's all, you know, confuddled by all of this. Right. And then the Ewoks attack. And Han and Leia are kind of like, well, I guess we'll join the fight and just start taking out stormtroopers by, like, punching them in the face and knocking them over and stuff and taking blasters. It's great. It's a full-on yeah, riot. About the only thing I think missing from classic Hollywood I would have liked to see, and I would have loved to see Han, like, just completely try to, you know, cold cock someone with a real haymaker punch and then yeah. just shake his hand as he hit plastisteel when that happened. <laughs> but, like, we don't have that moment. But, like, other than that. <laughs> <laughs> other than that. <laughs> but, yeah, it's this, it's, they're just, they're just sort of fighting. At some point, Chewie gets control of an ATSD. There's logs and stones and gliders and fighting and it's just going nuts to the point that, like, Han and Leia are like, we, we could probably get the door open, right? And they start trying to hotwire the door. <laughs> and as they're there, as they're fighting at the bunker, he's like, yeah, well, I suppose I could hotwire it. And then he's like, I think I got it. I think I got it. And then the, extra shield door closes and he turns and just gives like what is my favorite moment kind of like this sad confused bewildered face he's just like come on it's like the way i describe it have you ever walked past the door handle and gotten your belt loop or pocket caught on the door handle yes it's like that feeling of just like can nothing go right it's like dropping your ice cream cone face down it's like it's that feeling yeah it's just it's that extra insult of like okay i've got this Wait, I don't got this. How can I not got this? <laughs> I've got this every other time I've ever done this. Why this one time is it not working out? <laughs> yeah, his his look there is that that is why Harrison Ford gets paid the big bucks and mm-hmm. is a star mm-hmm. because just those little choices of how to express that mm-hmm. was it's Spot such on. a defeating face. And by this point, he has mastered the character too. Yes. That's the other side of it, right? Like as great as A New Hope is, and it's my favorite Star Wars movie, you can absolutely tell the actors were trying harder by the time they got to Empire. And not that they weren't trying in A New Hope, not that they didn't make a fantastic film, not saying that. But by the time well, they got to Empire, you just felt like they were taking it more seriously. Well, it's, it's one of those things, when you create a character, you kind of pull up a seat in your mind for them to sit in, and then they sit there forever. Like So when you go through Empire, it's like, yeah, in the, you know, three years, that character has blossomed and grown and become more complete mm-hmm. in my head. And then another three years, it's even more done. Yeah, absolutely. And the characters are changing, too. So they should develop and do new things and yeah. become more of who they are or who we see them to be. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Now, we get a very important moment coming up. We yeah. get the I love you moment. So Leia takes a shot uh, because she's covering Han while he's trying to hotwire. 
He goes down to protect her. You know, he's shooting back. And then they get, as he's like checking on her injury, they get surrounded. Leia pulls out a gun. Han goes, sneaks out a gun from yeah. underneath her poncho. He, Han looks down at it, looks back at her face, just warms up. He goes, I love you. And then she gets the response. Yeah. I know. And then he sort of slowly stands up, turns, and she blasts both the stormtroopers. Yeah. They think it's over. An ATSD comes, you know, towering down on them. And then Chewie pops out of the top. And they're like, oh, that's good. And then Han's like, okay, maybe you can hotwire the door. Get down here. <laughs> Wait, wait. I have an idea. Uh, another classic Han plan. Uh, yes. They do a fake FaceTime call. Uh, oh, that's uh, true. You know, where that's... Han puts on an Imperial Trooper helmet and then has the radio blocking his we face. We need more troops down there. <laughs> causes the Empire to open up the shield door for them. And when they do, the Ewoks, the strike team, Han, Leia, Chewie, they take back over on the bunker and... They're able to blow it up. Uh, this time they do it for realsies. For realsies. You know, I, I, you know, I guess it's because it's just a little slippery in my mind. I almost forgot about the FaceTime call. Like, hey, Han's thing from the Death Star worked this time. <laughs> he was actually able to fake someone out to think he was an Imperial. It worked. You need video. Convincing with video. He's a good actor. He's just got a face for that. That's right. That's right. And then uh, you see... <laughs> On running out of the shield bunker, shouting "Go, go, go!" <laughs> no. As it blows up, behind as you just him. assume he's like, "I'm sorry, you said you said it for 20 seconds. It's supposed to be 30. Go!" <laughs> like the way he's running feels like a. We didn't plan this right. <laughs> <laughs> we shouldn't have had to run. But remember, I think at this point they know the fleet has already arrived. Right? Oh, They've I, synced up. They're in a hurry. It's fine. It, but I just yeah. I like to add to again the tapestry of Han. Yeah. Falling backwards into success. I know, because it's great, because it's what makes that character so much fun. And then after that, we don't see Han again until after the Death Star is blown up. No, because we have so much work to do on Luke's end of the story that um, we yeah. basically don't see any of the any of the strike team until no, we, we see the sky where it blows up. Yeah, we don't go back to Endor until we see that. And it's that line of Han to Leia of, I'm sure Luke wasn't on that thing when it blew. And he goes, you know, you love him, don't you? And she's like, well, yeah, of course. She goes, all right, I understand, fine. When he comes back, I won't get in the way. And Leia looks at him like, oh, you stupid, stupid person. <laughs> you oaf. <laughs> no, no, no. He's my brother. I found out 20 <laughs> minutes ago. How do you, have you not put it together by now? Well, Clearly. I think she does have a line in there, too, where she's like, yeah, I know he wasn't. Like, she can sense that Luke yeah. is in the force. Yeah. Force. So, she's, so, so he's like, what? And he has the great, like, double take where he looks to the side like, huh? Yeah. Huh? Huh? Kiss. <laughs> like, that total shock face of just like, what is happening? Which I have to say, I, I there, there, the internet is a great place. One of my favorite meme things ever is someone who put in like the like warning sounds as he goes, "He's my brother." What? And then he's it flashes back to her kissing Luke on uh, on Hoth, and then he comes back to him like, "What?" And then she kisses him, and he's got still the surprise face, kind of like a. Is that how they do it in your family? Because, <laughs> like, that's got to come up in his brain. He's like, how could I have been so wrong about that? What? If I'm wrong about this, what else could I be wrong about? <laughs> it's like, what do you mean, Chewie's a girl? What? <laughs> like, you know, it could be all kinds. Of, like, he's he's like rethinking his entire life in that small moment. <laughs> 
Um, and that's that's kind of it because we basically see him at the celebration scene, and yep. are, I don't think he has any dialogue after that. No, so no, just... he doesn't. That is the end of his uh, his sort of character development. Um, and it sets Han up to go into the future uh, as a different character, a different person, a different man. And for everyone to write very easily that so Han and Leia get married, like that that kiss seals the deal of mm-hmm. like all the barriers between them and the altar is gone. Uh huh. So that's. Uh, that's where we leave it is like these two kids are going to be in love and like Luke looks yeah. off and looks at all of his dead friends and goes like, you know what? Things are going to be okay. As long as they never make an episode seven, this is the end of the Star Wars. Oh. And what a perfect end to Han's story for at least, well, you know, the next 20 some odd sure. years. Um, it is the perfect way to sort of send off this character who everybody loves, who a lot of people were worried wouldn't even be back for this film. And as a character who you didn't even know if we were getting him back, uh, he turns out to be, well, I think his best version of himself in this film. The the most true to kind of how we imagine the character of Han Solo. Mm-hmm. I think that's what we get here in Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. And it's great. Yeah. It's great. I mean, I... I how can you say anything negative about Han Solo? I mean, he is a completely from top to bottom sort of consistently enjoyable character. Yeah, he's he's charming, he's funny, and he he is also the gateway character for this like fairy tale kind of story that we have in Star mm-hmm. Wars. For a lot of the cynical modernist stuff to cling to, you know, he's the skeptic. Yeah. He's the cynic. Um, but again, he's, he's funny about it. There's a certain, (laughs) a lot, there's not a whole lot of edge or pride really tied up with that cynicism. It's not like he's constantly trying to like, he's more than willing to be wrong and he gets wrong a lot. Yeah. Uh, and that's, I think one of the things that makes him endearing is he is very, um, he fails a lot and and just rolls with it. That's sort of yeah. his life is, is is screwing up and somehow getting away with it. Yeah, that's the classic Han thing, as as you've been saying for a while, right? Failing up. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's just so endearing. And I I wanted to start here just because I think Return of the Jedi is such an amazing arc. Because when I started thinking about like, man, Return of the Jedi, when you see it from his perspective, like we just went through, wow, you're like comatose come out you're blind you're almost killed again and you barely can see then you're setting yourself up for a suicide mission strike team then you meet a bunch of teddy bears after the girl you like like may have died slash doesn't maybe care for you the way you think she does then you fall completely backwards into overwhelming odds and somehow succeed and at the end you're just like man everything just worked out what's gonna happen tomorrow (laughs) Well, Luke will be kidnapped by a bunch of aliens immediately following the Battle of Endor, and you'll have to go and rescue him, right? Is that actually a thing? Is that, That's is the, the Truce of Bakura, the Legends book that takes place immediately after Endor. That's what happened tomorrow. Oh, that's... Wow. <laughs> See, as I said, I really, really know legend stuff really well, except for I never cared about stories immediately around. Yeah. Like, I pick up... Whenever yeah. that was, like, well, way it, later. In all seriousness, though, I mean, I just made a Legends joke. But in canon, I mean, the next thing, Han's next big project is he tries to free the Wookiees. Yes. I mean, that's where he goes next after this. Yeah, because now that we have canon the way it is, like, 
we have that lovely moment of them succeeding, but that's not the end because mm-hmm. we got to f- keep fighting to the Battle of Jakku. Like, mm-hmm. you know, no one believes in the galaxy that the Emperor died there. And it just, it's, it's, it's the turning point of the rebellion where they have won. And now it's a matter of just f- taking Clean the, up. yeah, mopping things up enough mm-hmm. till everyone in the galaxy knows it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, uh, Man, I don't want to start thinking about it. like, yeah, and and the emperor didn't die. He sent his consciousness out to the Exegol, um, uh, Exegol, Exegol. Yeah, and you I'm had just it. like, and like, man, yeah, it is really true that like the ending of Return of the Jedi will always be tarnished by the fact of, of course, there's stories afterwards. Of course, there were. Like, you get when we were kids, like, oh, and the story's over, and everyone lives happily ever after. And it's like, oh no, that's not what happens. <laughs> well, the story's over for Admiral Akbar. Nope, wait. The story's over for nine. Nope. No, sorry. The story's over for Han, Luke, and Leia. Oh, no. Actually, the story's over for Land. Oh, wait, uh, the story's no. over for Wet. No. Hmm. No, Wedge still does stuff. Hmm. Um, Wicket is back. Uh, is there anyone on Ender whose story actually does end there? Well, there's that Anakin. One, we never wait, see Anakin wait, again. Hey, there's that one Imperial who gets gut checked. He falls right over that railing, the only safety railing like we've ever seen in Star Wars, <laughs> and it doesn't do its job. <laughs> It's got one job. Stop people from falling in. What happened? He falls right in. <laughs> Good point. I know how big you are. You're a safety officer. Uh, so I know you're always keeping an eye out for railings. Well, you got our I, railings count. One of the classic things about Star Wars that's amazing is no one has a fear of heights. But that is a story for a different time. I think it's time we go on to some other topics. Yeah, we've talked about Han a lot today. Let's go and talk about something with way less detail. Now be careful, R2. <laughs> he made a fair move. Screaming about it can't help you. I don't have it. It's not wise to upset a Wookiee. But sir, nobody worries about upsetting a droid. It's because a droid don't pull people's arms out of their sockets when they lose. Wookiees are known to do that. I see your point, sir. I suggest a new strategy, R2. Let the Wookiee win. All right. What science fiction universe isn't complete without its own sci-fi version of chess? Star Trek has three-dimensional chess. We've got... I'm sure other ones have it. But the most important one is the two big ones have (laughs) have it. We have three-dimensional chess in Star Star Trek. And in Star Wars, we have Dejarik. Yeah, Dejeric. I, I, yeah, I mean, I always have said it as Dejeric. I mean, when we were a kid, it was known as Hollow Chess. That was kind yes. of how we referred to it. I don't know where the name Dejeric first came from. Do you? I do. So, oh, tell me. Oh, we could dig into this. So this is one of these things that was surprisingly like deep in production. Um, George Lucas wanted to have a space game. And one of the things he wanted to do is he wanted to do it. Originally, he talked about doing little people in costumes that they would superimpose on the chessboard. But a recent film at the time, Future World, had come out with that. So he asked one of the prop makers to basically make puppets that they would do. And they'd be like these six inch tall puppets. And then we put them on the board. And apparently just George just had a lot of thoughts for it. And I think that's because, you know, for George, Star Wars is a place in his mind. It, it, it is a wholly completed place. And it's yeah. like, he just goes in there, picks things up. So it's like, well, there there has to be chess. There's games. Uh, the game, let's make it on a circle that's more interesting. And uh, it's kind of like chess, but it's monsters and this and that and that. 
Um, to the point that in Lucasfilm, they had rules that they never published. Yeah, I was reading that too. Um, so let's just set the stage to just remind people what we're talking about is, so in New Hope, there's a point where we see that the um, passengers of the Millennium Falcon are trying to pass the time, the the nebulous amount of time that it takes to get from Tatooine to Alderaan. And as part of that, C-3PO has ended up in a game of Dejeric with Chewie. And we see this round board, which is right in the crew crew deck of the uh, Falcon. And we just see these, you know, a handful of puppetry claymation monsters moving across this chessboard and we see that one picks one up and like smashes it down and kills it, does it. like a full-on wrestling move like yes. breaks its spine <laughs> yes. i don't know what that we need one of our wrestling friends to come on and tell us what move that is um i think if i can channel some of that energy i, I think it's just a backbreaker i don't know if there's this particular type but yeah it, hmm. it's it just destroys him yeah. and um and this is uh this is C-3PO doing it to Chewie, and Chewie's, like, mad about this. And this is where we get the important thing to know about when gambling with Wookiees is to always let the Wookiee win. Always, because they rip people's arms out of their sockets uh, when they don't, don't. right? <laughs> Droids Yeesh. aren't known to do that. <laughs> Yeesh, Wookiees. Man, going a little far, aren't we? And then we know from Solo that that's a thing that Chewie can do. He just rip mm-hmm. your arms right out of their sockets. Mm-hmm. No um, joke. So we that's kind of where we leave it. I mean, we see that that hollow table a number of times after that, but we never really see them playing to Jarek until we get to the sequel series where Finn sort of backs up and hits on it, yeah. turns it on. And fun fact, it's exactly where the game left off on Alteron. They never played again. Either that or they played a game up to the exact same point. Very odd. Yeah, very odd choice there, but love to see it. You love when Finn bumps against it. Uh, you love to see it come up, and then you love in The Rise of Skywalker when Finn and Poe are playing it against, against Chewie. And I love it because as I was reading the rules today, you know, before we came, before we started recording, it's like play two players, and I was like, yeah, but Chewie had to give them an advantage. They needed both of them, so breaking yes. the rules right there. Uh, but then I love it goes on to say d- different cultures have their own rules, and there's right. games like that in our real world, too, where people play oh. them differently depending on their family or their area. Oh, just think of, like, you know, when I tell you, hey, let's play poker, how many different things that could mean? Yeah. You know, for, for um, sure. one of the fun facts I saw in the production stuff is um, this was uh, these these puppets we see in the sequel series are manufactured by the same guy who created the originals. They brought him on. And what they basically did was they digitally scanned the original props and then sort of fixed them up and worked hard to make them digital puppets that could be done this way and digitally paint them and everything. So it's kind of cool that they, one of the reasons they look so authentically, again, that weird sort of claymation yeah. style is because they still are. And, and that's in the rise the of way. Skywalker you're talking about, right? Yeah. That they did that. Cause in, the Force Awakens, they were still stop motion, right? Correct. Okay, cool. No, 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 no. So they made the puppets, and then in Rise, they scanned them in digitally. So the puppets were remade for from the original yeah. designs yeah, okay. for Force Awakens. Okay. So, like, yeah, so, like, we're doing um, – it, it's just – it's it's cool that the legacy of this exists as a physical prop and a physical way of doing it stuff. It just shows the dedication the sequel trilogy was trying to do to like sticking to as much as made sense, the practical way that movies were made in the seventies mm-hmm. and eighties, mm-hmm. trying to honor that and the groundedness that gives the film. 
Um, so let's talk a little bit about this. I, I find it funny because I read the, like you, I read the rules to Jarek t- today and I'm like, okay, so this isn't chess. This is Magic the Gathering. Got it. Because <laughs> this thing represents way more like the way we make board games now. Because you've got these like 10 monsters that can be on the field. You set them up at the beginning along the outer rim. And then the whole point is you essentially march your way across the battlefield until you destroy all your opponent's um, figures. But what changes, what's so dynamic is all of the creatures have like an attack stat and a move stat and a range stat. And some of them special abilities. There's one that has this like oil on its skin that can heal other monsters when it's adjacent to it. And I'm just going like, where's the where's the big thick rule book that Finn and Poe are looking at to know all this stuff? <laughs> this isn't like, like, because when you think of like abstract games that are as popular in the world, like checkers, chess, tic-tac-toe, like once you learn the rules, you're done. There aren't additional rules. There aren't things you can have to memorize. Most people don't look at a chessboard going like, how does the bishop move again? Like, <laughs> they're very simplistic games. And Dejeric is surprisingly, like, modern. Because, like, you've got the, the gh, G-H-H-H-K, <laughs> which has an HP of four, an attack of two, a range of two, move of two, and a special ability to heal one adjacent creature. Um, or you've got the, uh, the gawk, G-N apostrophe O-K, uh, HP is six, attack of four, range of one, move of two, special ability, attack either two pieces or one piece twice. It's a lot. It's not a game you're going to pick up your first time. No. You need to play it a few times. Now, can I ask you, and maybe you have it in your notes there. What's that? Did the rules you're reading come from the Galaxy's Edge version of the game? Um, so, I... Couldn't tell you. I believe the one that Wikipedia is referenced that way. There's also a StarWars.com article where a lot of this information came from okay, as well. Okay. Um, so I think the Galaxy's Edge is based on those original rules that were written at Lucasfilm, probably okay. just fleshed out into something that plays okay. <laughs> and it well, if it's anything like any other licensed board game in the history of man, it plays period. We can't say good because yeah. it probably doesn't. Yeah. Um, because there's oh, a reason I bought enough of those Funko games well, to know there, there's a reason why a circular uh, board is not a common board game thing. <laughs> um, but, uh, the other thing I want to mention is this is not the only place we see it in Star Wars. We see it in Clone Wars. We see it in the background of Rebels. Mm-hmm. And uh, more famously, we see it in Saw Gerrera's, um partisan camp. Yeah, never playing it, but we see it there kind of in the background, right? But the interesting thing about it is in that particular one, they're, they're physical. It's a physical board, which means that Hollow Chess is like the premium edition. This is like <laughs> when I was a kid getting Battle Chess, where the pieces would do this. They'd go up to the other piece and kill them. Probably inspired by Star Wars, but still... Like, you know, uh, it's it's kind of fascinating. And it's part of the great canon of one of the things I like about Star Wars is it's, again, fully fleshed out place. We can see what their recreation is. Um, you know, we don't get this really per se in um, the movies, but we learn about, you know, Pazak and Sabak, these card games that people plays. There's the stand-in for the roulette, which is the Jubilee Wheel. There's all kinds of casinos and slot machines we see in, um, you know, Canto Bite, and it just makes the world feel more like a place. It does. It brings life to it, right? That's right. the idea. It brings life. Uh, that realism, well, when I say realism, you know what I mean. The, the Authenticity. Yes. Um, is what 
makes the world alive to so many fans, and it's mm-hmm. what makes a place like Galaxy's Edge, I assume, work. Uh, it's what yeah. makes an expanded universe possible. This lively galaxy mm-hmm. with so many corners to explore is, I think, why Star Wars is able to endure where other franchises don't always. Yeah. And like you said, this is something you can also bring home. There's been a number of different versions of this particular hollow table that shows up in action figures, both in the three and three quarters series. We've also seen in, um, in the 12 inch figures. Uh, you can buy from Galaxy's Edge a physical set of these. Um, there have been numerous attempts to make this as a physical game in like um, the digital world, you know, whether that's tabletop simulator or mm-hmm. older versions of this. Um, so it's definitely something that is like, again, just a tip of the cap kind of nod to all of Star Wars. In fact, when I was into Star Wars role-playing games, they were making miniatures and the last set of miniatures that was ever produced, they, they threw in all the monsters from this game, which is amazing, which is just, yeah, it's just a cool thing to have. So, I mean, the best piece of merchandise we have for this has to be the Galaxy's Edge Dejeric board, right? Yes. $50, and you get a board, you get eight pieces, and on the back side, you can play Galactic Checkers. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, if you flip it over, there's a checkers board, and it also comes with pieces. Oh, that's fun. Um, the, you know, I mean, it's stylized, but it's it's checkers. It's checkers. Yeah. Even checkers got to the galaxy get far, far away. Yeah. Just like how Coca-Cola ended up at uh, Black Spire Station. God. Just, you know, wormholes... Parallel dimensions. We've talked before how much I love Coca-Cola. I mean, you know that it's not... I mean, both in our world and in the galaxy far, far away. You know I love Coca-Cola. Well, it's the same. I mean, they're a trash company, but, you know, you do what you can. You you, you do, well, you what, know... I, what, what corporation <laughs> in this day and age isn't a little trashy? Yeah, that's fair. I You know, I don't always... Um, you know, everybody picks their stands to take as much as I love Coca-Cola. Uh, it's an... <laughs> No, no, it's 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 good to have it in Star Wars. And you know Let's what? put it and that way. We will eventually talk about Coca Cola on this very podcast because, in fact, it is canon. It is. We'll have to. I mean, we did have an unboxing. We did our Coca Cola from Galaxy's we, Edge yes. at one point, didn't we? Yes. I don't remember anymore. And again, it's what makes Star Wars feel like a real authentic place is things like yeah. Coca Cola and hollow chests. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now let's head over and talk about one of the other items in the galaxy that's a little bit more useful than a hollow chessboard. Star Wars is for everyone. Every day, we have the ability and opportunity to create a more accepting world by actively coming together and living inclusively. Whether it's the galaxy far, far away or right here at home, there's always a chance to do even small things to include other people, let them know that they're loved. Just regardless of the differences we have between us, what makes us in common is far more important. Yeah, Star Wars loves and accepts all, and it's always been about that. And here we are in 2020, Star Wars more inclusive than ever. I can't tell you how many different people from different walks of life, different ability levels, different races, creeds, genders that were all together at Star Wars Celebration to celebrate the things we love. Sometimes it feels like you're fighting against the Empire when you're trying to champion what's right. But remember, it takes all of us to fight an Empire. So join us and everyone else in the galaxy and learn how you can come together at lovehasnolabels.com brought to you by the Ad Council.
fighting our way through the palace. It's taken too long. What if we just go out the window and we just go up to the next window? Well, we do need to get to the top floor. And admittedly, if we keep funding, we have really long hallways here in Thebes. So you're right. That's probably the easiest way to get from point A to point B. But how would we do it? I don't know. We can't fly. We're... We don't have any jo- droids with rocket boosters built into their legs, do we? And we're, not, and we're not using the Rising Phoenixes. We're not Mandalorians. Guess we'll have to go with something a little bit more practical. What would that be? It could be, Mac, the Ascension Gun. The Ascension Gun. (laughs) You know, we will find a way to just drum up anything here we can. Any topic. So, so, yes. (laughs) So, the Ascension Gun, basically um, what in our world we would call a grapnel, which is a grappling hook gun, meaning that it is, in our world, it's usually compressed air we use to shoot it, but we're shooting a grappling hook over a far distance attached to a line that allows us to winch it back in, which Mm -hmm. can be used for, like, towing and stuff like that, or in this case, if you're anchoring to something hard, you could lift yourself up, Mm -hmm. or Or Batman does all the time. You could... (laughs) That's a really good point. Or you could use it to create a vertical, like a zip line type of situation yes. too. Something else. Or a swing. You know, if Luke had had an ascension gun on the Death Star. Oh, just think about like him like winding up and whipping that thing. Like yeah. how much easier to be like bang and yeah. just there. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. So the first time we see the ascension gun is in Empire Strikes Back, right? We we just used a bunch of episode one references. Well, that's the thing where we first heard the term for it as an ascension gun. It's Definitely where I remember it as little eight-year-old Ross seeing the Phantom Menace for the first time. Um, The Ascension Gun was what Naboo security used to scale the walls of the palace. But back to our point, Luke had to whip that thing in New Hope and he's like, never doing that again. So what's he keep on his X-Wing's belt there? An Ascension Gun. Yeah, so he's he's just managed to make it out alive from his snowspeeder on Hoth. Dak did not fare so well. And Luke says, well, if I can't take him down from the air, I can take him down from the ground because I'm a freaking Jedi. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so he shoots his ascension gun up at the belly of an AT-AT, uh, drags him, you know, pulls himself up. The wire reels itself in, uses that lightsaber. And I love the whole time it's hooked to his belt. So he's just hanging there. It's like, it'll be fine. I'm just hanging there. And he slices up in the bottom I of the walker. I did this in Commander Trainer. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> Throws in um, some sort of detonator. I assume I a thermal detonator. The, yeah. The, it's, uh, the standard grenade of Star Wars. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Throws one in and uh, then just drops. Yeah. Cuts like, his extension gun. You'd think it would have a ooh. down mode. <laughs> well, he's got to hurry before the, before the explosion goes off. Yeah, that's true. Right? Like, he doesn't want to get caught in it. And it's nothing but soft blankets of snow beneath him. Well, so what I love about this, and I, and I, I went to look this up because I didn't sure. know this number offhand. How tall is an AT-AT? I want to say the underbelly of it. I think they're like 80 feet tall. All something right. Like that. So how does Wikipedia not have that list so, listed? Right? Um, All right. Well... Uh, see now, see, I'm trying to convert in my head. I want to say they're like 30 meters. All right, here we go. Height over 22.5 meters. Okay. So, and, and then again, that's to the back of the camel hump, right? Right, 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 right. Sorry. I'm trying to make sure because there are many ATATs in Canon. All right. You know, and some here... of them have bigger. Okay. Yeah. So oh, still sem- same thing. 22.5. Okay. Yeah. So about 73 feet. 
So, like I said, 80 issues. I feel pretty good about that. Yes. Yeah. Luke falls like at least 50 feet. So, yeah, Luke you figure that far. the compartment of the actual ATST is maybe at most 20, 25 feet tall. So, that's, yeah, 50 feet or so. That's a far drop. But he's a Jedi. He's a Jedi. He's using the Force to cushion he's, his he's fall. Using the force. With the, the, and that's blankety snow. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm, um,. Mm-hmm. His back should be shattered because he falls right on his butt. He falls right on his tailbone. He should. The force. It's got to be. It's the only way to answer that. These movies are perfect and have no weird continuity errors until we get to anything besides the original trilogy. What are you talking about? It's kind of strange when you put it that way. You know, the funny thing about it is the ascension gun in this has definitely got a magnetic bolt at (laughs) the end. Yes, yes, for sure. Is like looks like a flashlight. It does. Yeah, it does. It's not a pointy object. Whereas we clearly see it as more of a hook in both New Hope, attached to like you know what he's doing there. And the Ascension Guns are like spikes in episode one. Mm-hmm, 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 absolutely. All right, let, allow me a moment to just nerd out for oh, please, one second. So one of the things that makes all this stuff work is one of these things that's like, a, once you know it, you're just you're just too far down the rabbit hole of Star Wars. So all my friends out there who know what synth rope is, you can just skip past. You know what I'm about to talk about. The amazing concept that in Star Wars... No one manufactures rope. We have a thing called a synth rope dispenser that automatically generates rope on command. It can make out of this synthetic like liquid polymer a perfectly sturdy rope at command. So when Luke is yanking that in New Hope, he is literally generating new rope. It is not like it's from a box that has line in it like a movie prop, which is probably how (laughs) Mark Hamill did it. But in Star Wars... It's creating it on the fly, which is kind of important because that explains the Ascension Gun, why they don't have these giant reels on the side like our grapnels do in our world. It's because they don't have to bring the rope with them. They can literally just fire and the rope will be created to the appropriate length in real time. Which and is I think that's awesome. Neat. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And it's it, and that's why most of the time, like we see uh, ascension guns, especially in Clone Wars, which are like underbelly attachments. They're just like strapping it underneath their blaster rifles yeah. and using it to climb that. Yeah, way. rather than having like a grenade launcher underneath your gun, you've got the the grappling hook. Basically, yeah, it's just yes. like these like underbelly guns. Mm-hmm, totally. And uh, so yeah, it's it's kind of important. It's it's an interesting thing. And like I said, I think it's most prominent showing is in episode one, just because yeah. some stunt team thought they could do something really cool with that. And they did. Yeah. <laughs> and it's fun because we also had seen other things similar to this at this point. Like, for example, Bubba Fett has, you know, a whip cord. Yeah. And so, like, you could hypothetically have that like a wrist gauntlet that drags you up instead of a gun. You yeah. know, you, you can have this in other ways, but. To put it into a weapon in episode one and make it such a prominent part of the final act, yes. even if it's short, I mean, it's just they use it once, basically, and that's it. But you see, like, six of them fire up at once, and it's just, it's cool. It's a cool, fun some... idea. There's something fun about it. I don't know. And there's just something classic Hollywood yes, about using a rope. Whether it's the swinging across the chasm in episode one, yeah. in episode four, or whether it is, like, the, you know, sailing up this rope. Yeah. I mean, because, you know... Obviously, they're using a gun, but it's referencing also, like, the pirate who needs to get to the crow's nest, mm-hmm. and he cuts the rope and just zips up, mm-hmm. or cuts the rope and the chandelier falls as it zips them up. Like, mm-hmm. that's kind of what <laughs> it's referencing, and that's what, obviously, uh, Empire is referencing, too. Yeah. And uh, it's just another really great little piece of Star Wars. It is. It's a classic. It's a classic. I uh, It comes up a couple other times. Uh, it's mentioned uh, with uh, interaction between Thrawn and Padme in uh, the second Thrawn novel, which is uh, mm-hmm. Alliances. Uh, it's brought up there. They have a little bit of interaction. Padme has one with her. 
And um, according to Wikipedia, this is one I didn't remember off the top of my head. Uh, it's in Fallen Order somewhere, but I don't know where. Maybe when he's... I don't know. Uh, I want to say maybe Stormtroopers might chase you with them. Maybe. It's listed as a reference, but I could not BD, for the life of me think of BD, where... Does BD-1 have one? He might have one inside of him. You do get the ability eventually to like shoot out cables, don't you? It's I been a long so. time. I haven't played it since I beat it. So, Well, I'm sure it's in there. The Wikipedia couldn't be wrong. <laughs> you know me. I like to go and fact check my me sources too. whenever I can. Oh, um, no. I guess we'll have yeah. to go play Fallen Order again. Oh, Not no, I haven't played since the DLC. I need to. Uh, you know, if, uh, we've said this before, but if you haven't figured out, you know, I would say like 80% of this stuff comes off the top of our heads and then the rest we do some research on. Well, I... I think we always do a bit of research, and then we blossom 80% of the show out of the research we did. That's true. That's true. Sometimes we're very good about looking at our notes. Sometimes our notes are like, oh, why did I write all this down? There's no way we're going to get to all of this. (laughs) So it's it's Um, 50-50. I don't think our shows are ever under-researched in general, but like... Yes, our, our our own off the top of our head usually yeah. supersedes any research. Yes, we there did. are definitely times we <laughs> we go a little out there, but that's okay. That's all part of the fun of Star Wars All In, yeah. isn't it? I agree. Yeah, I agree. I'm having fun. It's fun to be back in the same room with you. Last week I recorded by myself. That's true. Yes, uh, and uh, we can we can talk about that in the appendices. Yes, we do. Which is going to come up right after this. We're landing yet another episode here in the quarantine <laughs> as we uh, as we wrap up. Uh, you, you know, you mentioned at the end of the last segment I wasn't here last week, and I apologize for that. I was getting tested for COVID-19. That's okay. I'm just glad you're safe. I am glad that everything seems prognosis negative. I, I did not carry the uh, COVID-19. I mean, I, I had like three days of symptoms, and it was kind of like, pretty sure it was just a cold but in this climate like you gotta be sure you, you gotta, gotta be, be sure, sure. so be sure. Um, especially now that we're back to work yeah and, and finally like testing is not as much of a burden my, my mom had a scare of it way earlier and it was way harder to get a test and now it's not exactly test on demand but it's getting close to that yeah. so easier than it was which is Absolutely. always good yeah uh, it was weird being by myself. Um, yeah. It was so, you know, we kind of figured a couple days before the episode launched that I was going to be by myself and uh, did a bunch of research, whatever, was all prepared and then started to record and realized, man, you should have just written a script and read it. <laughs> because uh, when you're, you're more... trying to be the only one talking for like 30 minutes straight, it was like, I know what I want to say, but like trying to like find a place to pause, look at my notes and all that. It would just been way better if I had just written a script. <laughs> Well, that's how like, you know, that's how a lot of YouTube uh, YouTubers do that. Even though yeah. it's off the cuff, they framed all their stuff in at least a script or a rundown to help mm-hmm. them mm-hmm. help them uh, do that. Because, yeah, it's it's definitely it's 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 weird by and by yourself and trying to bounce off yeah. yourself. Well, uh, you've done it twice. So I salute you for that. Uh, <laughs> the next time I do it. I uh, promise it will be better, everyone. So well, thank you for everyone who listened. Unfortunately, it probably won't be the last time. It'll be 
Yeah, but that's we'll part see. of the fun. You never know. That's you true. You never know who's going to be here on Star Wars All In. That's part of the fun of the All In Podcast Network. You never know what's <laughs> going to show up. Yes, our palatial, wonderful, large, and and majestic network of one. <laughs> We have t- and we have made the joke too many times of other yeah. shows we mm-hmm. could be doing. Uh, mm-hmm. If you uh, listen to our April first episode, we made some pretty good jokes and we got some response. I'm like, yeah, go do that. I'm like, no, no, you don't. One's enough for right now, kids. Like, we're tired. <laughs> so we we're start that old. Patreon. You start paying us to be here. Like, it's it's got to be a one show a week yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. But we're always glad to have you here. We're always glad to hear your, your impact. We hope you enjoy all this stuff. Absolutely. Um, hey, fun. we had a topic request oh, over we the last did. week. I don't know if you got a chance to see it. No. Uh, but uh, John over on Twitter asked us to do Corrin Horn. Okay. A, a classic Legends character. We can do uh, that. Corsac's own. I, you know, we've talked about the fact, like, we're not opposed to Legends. We we shy away from Legends because we're trying to cast the biggest net. But that doesn't mean that we're not going to talk about some of the yeah, great Yeah, I think the biggest thing is when we do Legends topics, they're things that typically have only been in Legends. Right. The, when we do canon topics, we try and stay away from the Legends side of it. That seems to be our thing at this point. Right. And like Corrin Horn, like you said, is a character that is very prominent in Legends, but has not just been edited out, but doesn't really have a place to come back in because of the restructuring of how post Endor right. stuff happens. You could give that, you that character could come back and you could give that name to someone, but it wouldn't be the same character. They can't fit the same niche. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. For real. So, yeah. I think we'll do that in a future episode. I think we will. I we will uh, we will make that happen, sir. Anybody who has any other uh, topic suggestions thereafter, please feel free to tweet at us. Star Wars All In on Twitter. Um, you yeah, know. we can't promise we can always do them, or that we'll do them in a timely fashion. Um, I think timely's the thing. Eventually, we'll do every topic. Eventually, that's, that's the, the way I see it. But uh, yeah, timely is a good point because normally we do plan out a few months in advance. But I promise you, if you make a suggestion. We are listening. We see them, and uh, we will get them into an episode eventually. Absolutely. Yeah. We had another one once uh, about Obi Wan's lightsaber. We never went back and did it, so we're gonna make that happen too. All right. Well, let's put that. Let's put that pin in the board as yeah. well. <laughs> okay. I gotta update our spreadsheet. Yeah, we do because we're I'll starting work on to, that. I, I'm worried about us going like, did we already do that? Because we're we're getting to that point. Well, today I was like, have we done Han Solo already? <laughs> and then you realize like, no. How have we not? <laughs> We, well, the problem is we've talked about a lot of these characters and a lot of these sequences. Like, So there's a lot of territory we've covered. But, like, you know, how much of Hansel have we talked about when we talked about Beckett? Yeah. Right? You know, it's stuff like that. It's just not having the specific focus on whatever we're talking about. So For sure. We talked fun. about a lot of Return of the Jedi today, for example. Exactly. <laughs> a lot that doesn't. But, you know. Um, I, I it's, think... a, it's a very exciting time. We just had a new Mandalorian original novel announced. Yeah. Uh, so a new story about Mando. Who knows where the time frame will be? I assume it'll be before the the show. It's the easier um, answer. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, the Black Series uh, Haas Snowspeeder should be in my possession by the time you hear the next episode. Good. Very Good. excited about that. Uh, let's see. I don't know. Anything else new going on in Star Wars for you, Mac? Anything exciting? I'm mostly just hanging out, waiting for them to start offering some of that Galaxy's Edge merch. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, 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 you know, okay, look, I was going to pay someone to um, basically scalp a uh, lightsaber for me. Someone who go into Disneyland, they would go and do the lightsaber experience and make your lightsaber however you want it and then ship it back to you for like a double the charge of it. Yeah. And I was like, this is like November and I was like, Nah, you know what? I'm going to Disneyland in August. 
I have the self-control. I can wait. And I've been hating myself ever since March. Because I'm like, you're not going anywhere in August. You're not going there anytime soon. I'm hoping in 2021 I can get to one of the Galaxy's yeah. Edge. Because I definitely don't want to wait longer. I don't want to wait it. all the way to the new it. celebration date it. in 2022. Mm-hmm. I don't want to wait that long. But we'll see. Well, I'm hoping you also get there next year so I can get a share board. <laughs> Okay, I can bring that home for you. That we can play Jarek. Yeah, we will. We'll do an episode on playing Jarek. Yeah, just like that uh, that Han Solo, uh, you know, Sabak game we bought. We'll totally play. We need to. We should. Why haven't we? All right, we'll have a game. Do you know how many Star Wars monopolies I have upstairs? <laughs> a lot. <laughs> and how have they been played? That's not the point. They're collectors. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. (laughs) Well, I think that's enough for for one show. I'm Mac. And I'm Ross. And until next Wednesday. May the force be with you. This production is not endorsed by any other property and is the sole responsibility of Mac Purvis III, Ross Greco, and those involved in its production. It is meant for entertainment purposes only. Other than content provided by this production's providers, all music, music clips, sound bites, rights are reserved, and their respective owners have not endorsed any aspect of this show. Copyright 2020.